Welcome to the High Roller Tide podcast, a special bowl game edition and our final podcast of the college football season. I'm Rob Pozzola. Momentarily, I'll be joined by Joe Fortenbaugh of the National Football Post as we break down this week's upcoming bowl games from a betting perspective. We broke down seven bowl games on last week's podcast. We were 4-3 and three against the spread in those matchups. Not a great overall record, but still a small profit. So going into this final podcast, we're 46-30 and 30 against the spread this season. That's a 61% success rate, so it's been a very good season overall. We have five games to get to this week as we close out the bowl season with a bang. So let's not waste any more time as Joe Fortenbaugh the National Football Post now joins me on the line. Joe, I hope you enjoyed your holidays. Happy New Year. It's good to talk to you again. Absolutely. Same to you, Rob. Same to all the listeners out there. Uh, excited to talk about these bowl games. It's been a wild, uh, been a wild bowl season. You and I talked a little bit about it before we came on the air here. And uh, yes, yeah, Stanford. Nice play calling yesterday, guy. What are you doing, running the ball into that defense after they've shown all game that you can't run the football? Uh, you, I think you put it best, and I'll let you reiterate what you said. Shaw was thinking there, but man, that could have been a real good day with uh, Iowa cashing for us early if Stanford had figured out a way not to blow that. Yeah, I think a lot of times in this bowl season. Season, it doesn't matter about the matchup, and coaches will just try to impose their will on the other team. Stanford knew that Michigan State had a great run defense, but they're still going to try to run the ball anyways because that's what they do, and it just didn't work out. It was really stupid. and uh, it, you know, I, It's been a good bowl season overall, though. You do get games like that, and I've been on the wrong end of some games. We talked about it last week, but the first bowl of the year, Colorado State, Washington State, the New Mexico Bowl, that, that's just the most horrendous way I've ever lost a game in my life. Uh, and you you got to think that cardiac arrest is up like 500% during bowl season because there's this heart attack central watching some of these games, Joe. Yeah, Iowa LSU is another perfect example. And uh, last night, if you were on Central Florida, you were feeling pretty good. But if you were on Baylor, there were moments where you probably thought you were going to get back in that game, um, and it didn't happen. That was a hell of a football game. I actually didn't have any money whatsoever on that game, so I got to sit down and just enjoy it. And Blake Bortles in Central Florida, man, that's the game plan. And I'll tell you what, you and I talked about it earlier in the year. Baylor's a fun football team, but when you put Bryce Petty in a tough spot in a big situation, that guy wilts very fast. He wilts at Oklahoma State, and then last night he just couldn't make the plays, and early in the game when he missed a couple wide-open deep receivers, you saw those kids getting real frustrated with him. And there's something about the big games that I'm going to keep an eye on for next year when he comes back. He just, uh, he, he kind of wilts under that pressure. I was watching the game last night with a group of friends that don't watch college football at all, and they're looking at the game, they're like, wait a minute, this team was the 17-point favorite? Are you sure yeah. it wasn't the other way around? 17-point uh, favorites, Baylor, they lose outright. We've seen a couple of those. Uh, I was on the wrong end of one with Arizona State against Texas Tech. That one was not fun to watch, but uh, let's not live in the past. Let's move on. We have five games coming up, uh, starting with the Cotton Bowl on Friday night. Ninth-ranked Missouri Tigers taking on the 13th-ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys. That's at AT AT&T Stadium. Oklahoma State making their eighth straight bowl appearance. They've won their last three bowls overall, including killing Purdue last year uh, in the heart of Dallas Bowl. Uh, also, Missouri back in a bowl game after missing out for the postseason uh, last year. They were 5-7 and seven in their first season of the SEC, but obviously we've talked about it a lot on this show this year. They've turned it around. Could have played in the national championship game had they beat Auburn late in the year, but they fell 59-42 to in the SEC championship. Now, this game was a pick in most spots a week ago. Still a few pick on the board on some offshores, but for the most part, Oklahoma State's the favorite in most spots, laying 1.5 at the majority of books right now. These teams are used to playing each other. They were in the same conference back in the past. OSU's been coming out on top in most of the games lately. I actually agree with this line move, Joe. 
Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be a fun one because, like you said, these are two uh, former Big Twelve rivals going up against each other. You got two teams that have done a nice job covering the spread either all season or as of late. Oklahoma State's covered six of the last seven games. They really caught fire there towards the end of the season, notably with that Baylor win where they decimated the Bears in Stillwater about a month or so ago. And then you got a Missouri team that's ten two and one against the number over the last thirteen games overall. So two teams that cover a lot of spreads. You got to ask yourself. When it comes to Missouri, do you think it's a bit of a disappointment based on the fact that they had a chance to play for the national title and lost to Auburn? I think no. I think when you look at Baylor, even though they lost that game to Central Florida on Wednesday night, Baylor was really jacked up about playing in that Fiesta Bowl. They really were. You saw those kids early in the sidelines jumping up and down. They were going nuts. They were thrilled to be here. And I think it's the same situation for Missouri. Last year, you had a really disappointing season. This year, you shocked everybody and were on the verge of playing for national championship. It didn't work out, but this is still a pretty big bowl game to get to go play in. So I think you're going to get a pretty good effort here. I also give the quarterback play edge, which there's two good quarterbacks in this matchup. I'm going to give that to Missouri as well. Um, Defensively, it's scares me because getting ready for Auburn, they were killed by that option. And that's not what Oklahoma State runs, but they were absolutely killed by that. So for me, seeing this line where it is, I agree with it. The move going to Oklahoma State, it doesn't really surprise me. But if I'm going to have to take a side and I haven't played this game yet, I'd lean to Missouri. I take the SEC team um, in this matchup over Oklahoma State. I, I just, I'm hesitant to trust these Big 12 teams because when I look around, Baylor was supposed to be the best team in the conference, and they just got housed by Central Florida. Yeah, I've watched a lot of Missouri this year. I'm a Buckeyes fan. I've watched Ohio State the most uh, of any uh, team in the nation, but Missouri probably the second most. I bet them about seven or eight times this year. They were very good to me with the exception of that loss in the SEC championship. It's a good football team, don't get me wrong, but when I think back to the season, I'm looking at at their season overall. They opened 7-0. and They won all those games by at least a couple of touchdowns, but you look at who they played. They, they played Georgia when they were very banged up. They played Florida with all the injuries. Those wins don't look as impressive after the fact now. And you look at the Missouri defense, uh, you know, all year watching them, they had one of the best pass rushes I can remember. I believe they had 38 sacks this season. Uh, don't quote me on that. I think that's what the number is. Oklahoma State's offensive line this year gave up 11 sacks all year long. I don't see that being a big issue for them. So I also like the matchup for Oklahoma State in this one, Joe. Yeah, that's a good one, too. And you look at the head-to-head trends, uh, Oklahoma State's covered the number in four of the last five between these two teams. Granted, that dates back a few years, and there's different players involved in both of this, but it's something to keep an eye on, just a small little trend there. Um, when you talk about neutral site games, which you get, Missouri, not a team that does very well in neutral site games, four and nine against the number in their last 13 neutral site games, whereas you take a look at a team like Oklahoma State when they have to go out of conference, four and one against the number in their last five non-conference games. I don't put a lot of weight behind that because a lot of times those non conference games are patsies scheduled at the beginning of the year that, that are tune-ups for the conference schedule. But you look at it, I can see why Oklahoma State would be a popular play. I can see the, why the move would go towards them. I like the angle on Missouri, what you brought up there. Going back after the fact and looking at those teams, not all that great the ones they've beaten. Not only was Georgia banged up, but then we saw them yesterday. Yep. Even without their starting quarterback, they still got hit pretty hard against Nebraska, who's not that great a football team. So, Like I said, a small lean to Missouri here, but not a game I love. Well, uh, one last point on this game. I know you're not big. You're not in love with it, Joe. The line movement that we talked about. 
uh, that also strengthens my opinion on this game because you get the SEC team who is probably going to be heavily bet at this point in the year. The public tends to gravitate towards these SEC teams as the year goes on, especially in bowl season, with it being the you know the biggest and best conference. They've won the last seven national championships. So to see more money coming in on Missouri in this game, yet the line moving in the other direction, it indicates that there's probably some sharp action on Oklahoma State. Oh, yeah, the good old-fashioned reverse line movement. That works great in the NBA with totals. I love that with totals. Wednesday night, there were two great bets on that. You saw the public heavily betting the Philly-Denver under and the over in the Dallas... I'm not sure who the hell they were playing. Dallas-Washington game. Both those games, uh, it followed the heavy money. The, the public was wrong. Heavy public action. Both games cruised either over or under their respective numbers. So sometimes that's a good angle. The thing with that is you're generally, when you follow that, you're not getting a good number. Right. But it, it does provide some insight into which side is the sharper side. So if you're seeing that with Oklahoma State, that's certainly something worth keeping an eye on. Because if the public is all betting one way and the line's going the other way, that generally signals a big-time problem. Yep. Another big game on deck uh, in the BCS on Friday night, the Orange Bowl. Clemson taking on Ohio State. Uh, the Tigers had their sets, on, you know, sights set on the national championship at the beginning of the year, but they got smoked by Florida State, uh, 51-14. to That derailed them for the season, um, and now they're playing in this Orange Bowl game against an Ohio State team that also had their sights set on a national championship. They were perfect, winning all 12 games to start the year, but they came up short in the Big Ten championship game. They dropped a 34-24 decision to Michigan State, uh, so that left them 12-1 and on the season. Now, most books posted an early line of Ohio State minus 2.5. That's since been bet up to 3 at most spots right now, looking across the board. The total's also gone up quite a bit, 66.5 to 69.5. This is a really tough game for me, Joe. I- I've watched Ohio State a lot this year. Uh, I think this is a really sharp line, really good. I don't see much value in either side. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'm not playing Ohio State they played nobody all year, and then they got a game against Michigan State, who's a good football team, and they lost. So why would I think I don't? I, I think the number's good because Clemson, everyone fell out of favor with them when they lost that Florida State game. Why would I take Ohio State here, though? What, what have they shown me at any point this season that would make me believe I should lay three on them against Taj Boyd and Sammy Watkins? I, I, I don't like it. The Buckeyes haven't covered a number in four straight games. We saw them in spots against really bad teams like Purdue, Illinois, Indiana, where they needed to blow out the opposition to strengthen their bowl standing, and, and they couldn't do it. They were giving up too many points defensively in those games. I don't trust Braxton Miller. I think he's an overrated quarterback. Um, I know the way I'm, I'm making this sound it's that I'm in love with Clemson, but I am going to lean the Clemson here, and I'm probably going to play him at three or higher. I, just, I look at this Ohio State team, I think they're a bunch of frauds. Um, not the kids. I shouldn't say it like that. I don't want to criticize college kids like that. Come on, but I man. Think the team, I think the team was drastically overrated. I think we saw that firsthand against Michigan State, who's a very good team. Um, and I think that Ohio State in this game, they're just overmatched. I don't, the Big Ten has not done very well in bowl season yet again this year. Um, yeah, I know they got a couple games that they eked out here and there, but the bottom line is I, I don't trust that conference one bit. I don't think Ohio State is worthy of a three-point favorite. I can see why they're there. They're a heavily bet public team. I just don't think they're that good. So I'd take Clemson in the points here. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that, that point up about the Big Ten this year in bowl season because – we're at the end of bowl season now, so we can look back and see how these teams have done uh, earlier on in their bowl games. Minnesota lost uh, to Syracuse. Michigan got whacked by Kansas State. But then Michigan State goes out yesterday, and they beat Stanford. So it's really hard for me to gauge the Big Ten. From what I can tell, the, the upper half of the Big Ten seems to be all right, obviously with that Michigan State win. Probably the, the, you know, the mid to lower teams, uh, not too good. But 
Uh, one factor in this game for me is the Urban Meyer factor, and we have to talk about it because Urban Meyer, 7-1 and one in bowls in his career. Six of those seven wins by double digits. He's went into bowl games twice off of a loss, and that's the same situation here for Ohio State, having lost to the Spartans last time out. In those two games at Florida, when they went in off a loss, they beat Cincinnati 51-24, to they beat Penn State 37-24. to So, uh, you know, Myers' teams in the past haven't struggled in these games coming off of a loss going into their, their final bowl game of the year, Joe. No, that's an excellent point. I, I think that's why you're seeing the line move the way it is. I think that's why you're seeing Ohio State as the favorite as well, the Urban Meyer factor. He, I know this trend hasn't worked real well the last two years, but traditionally he is outstanding against non-conference opposition. He, he was like a perfect 26-0 or something at one point against the number against non-conference teams. That's fallen off a bit uh, at Ohio State, but still a very strong number. And you're right, he's a guy that gets his teams ready for bowl games. I just see them losing. They, they, they were convinced they should have been in that national championship game. Yep. They were complaining about how they, the, the BCS was screwing them over. Then they go out and they lose to Michigan State. I think he's going to get them rallied, but I think the early part of getting them rallied has probably been a bit of a struggle because this is considered a disappointment for this football team. All right, Joe, let's take a break from the BCS games and get into a couple smaller games. There won't be much interest in the Compass Bowl on Saturday afternoon. Vanderbilt taking on Houston. Obviously, NFL playoffs this weekend. These smaller bowl games are going to take a back seat, but we can still bet on them and we can still make some money off of them. Vanderbilt, they started the season just 3-3 three and three through their first six games, but they caught fire down the stretch. They won five of their last six, including their last four games of the season. Meanwhile, Houston bounced back after a poor year last year. They finished 8 and four this year, five and three within their conference. They hit a slide late in the season where they lost three games, but they rebounded nicely in their last game of the year. They beat SMU 34 zip. Now Vanderbilt opened up laying two points. That's three points across the board right now. This is one movement that I actually don't agree with. Earlier, when I first saw this line, you know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I was kind of leaning to Vanderbilt. But as I dug deep into this game, I'm slowly starting to convince myself that the Cougars are the side. I think we have the wrong team favored in this game, Joe. Yeah, you've also got the starting quarterback out for Vanderbilt. He got injured late in the season, so he's not going to play. Now, that's already been factored in. That's not exactly inside information. We've known about that for weeks. But um, originally, I know there's some guys that love Vanderbilt in this spot. They think this is one of the best possible bowl games Vanderbilt. They, they love this game. But I agree with you, Rob. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't love this team all that much. I think they're very well coached. I think they're a good program. But Houston, I think they're going to be really excited to be here. Last year was a disaster. They've come back and played really strong football this year, and they've covered a lot of spreads. They're 12-2 and two against the number over their last 14. Uh, they put up a great effort against Central Florida this season in a really tough spot. We just saw Central Florida go hammer Baylor, so you've you got to have some respect for what those teams have done this year. Houston's also 5 the one against the number in their last six neutral site games. There are a lot of trends that point to them here. Again, it's the SEC against a smaller conference, so what do you do? I could see this game being a Vanderbilt blowout, and we sit there and realize, oh, okay, we were on the wrong side. But Houston's been very good to us, and I think you're going to get a real strong effort here. So maybe we wait until Saturday, let the public drive this price up a little bit, hopefully get Houston minus three, because we know that offense can score. They're going to throw it all over the place. Yeah, I'm glad you bring up that game against UCF, because you look at Houston this year, four losses, they're by a combined 20 points in those four games. Two of them were on the road, one of them being that UCF game, the other one was at Louisville. 
Louisville as well. So they've played good opponents tough. And we saw what Louisville and UCF did in these bowl games. UCF, a 17-point underdog, beats Baylor outright. Louisville crushes Miami as well. Uh, another one of Houston's losses earlier this year was a close game at home to Cincinnati. So th- these are not, you no, know, they're not losing to inferior opponents. These are some real top-flight teams they're losing to. And you mentioned the quarterback situation for Vanderbilt. They come in with a backup quarterback, had two starts, has thrown two touchdowns and three interceptions, and now they take on a Cougars defense that they have 40 takeaways this season. This is a nightmare matchup for you know a young quarterback. Yeah, yeah, he's got the time to prepare, but this game could get into a shootout in a hurry with the way Houston plays offense. They are going to be throwing that ball all over the field, and if you get engaged in something like that, you better find a way to get some stops and assert your dominance. That's not really the type of game I think Vanderbilt wants to play. I think they want to be bigger, and they want to be stronger, and they want to control the clock. I don't think they want to try to get involved in what Houston's doing, but you're right. I love the angle of what you talk about, um, the way this conversation has spiraled into this. That conference has played very, very well in bowl season. Louisville looked outstanding. Central Florida looked outstanding. You know, Houston's a team that, like we said, they're going to be excited to be here based on what happened last season. They're going to want to make a statement because this is a big opportunity for these kids. So, you know, I, it's, it's, it's always tough trying to go against the SEC with one of these smaller schools, but let's hope the number gets pushed through three and maybe we'll get some real good value with Houston. I've got to bring up a couple more points here because I'm just going through my notes really quickly, but Vanderbilt, for an SEC team, they played a very weak schedule this year. They only played five teams with a winning record so not exactly uh, you know they may have finished the year hot but they're not exactly beating up on the best teams and also you have a backup quarterback playing for Vanderbilt the best thing you can do is aid him with a running game and Vanderbilt doesn't have a running game just 3.4 yards per carry this year 98th in the nation in running the ball so that's another thing to factor into this game I just hate this matchup I'm really starting to like the Cougars they could be one of my favorite plays of bowl season Joe they don't come out with the jitters. A lot of times these teams they get a little worked up early. You don't want to see them dig into a hole. You want to see them come out, have fun, play loose, throw the ball all over the field. That's what Houston does. And like you said earlier, they, they, this has been a good team to us, and I think we're going to get a strong effort here. So I like that angle on the running game as well. If you've got to lean on a running game that you don't have, like if we're talking about the Indianapolis Colts, if right. for some reason they need to lean on the run, they wouldn't be able to get it done. So that's a, that's a big styles make fights uh, situation for me right there. So again, yeah, lean to Houston. All right, Joe, Sunday, we got Arkansas State taking on uh, Ball State in the GoDaddy Bowl. Not only has Arkansas State made its way to the GoDaddy, GoDaddy Bowl in the last three seasons, they've also earned a share of the Sunbelt Conference title in each of those seasons as well. So they enjoyed a pretty good campaign this year, uh, co-conference winners in the Sunbelt. Meanwhile, Ball State, we've talked about them a lot on the show as well uh, this year. They're making just their second trip to a bowl game under Pete Lembo. Last year, they went, they took on UCF in the Beef Brady's Bowl. They got hammered in that game 38 to 17 now ball state they were nine point chalk when we talked about this game a couple of weeks ago that's since been bet down to seven and a half a lot of it probably has to do with the way the mac has been playing so far in bowl season but when you look at the mac and what they've done especially their powerhouse teams northern illinois and bowling green losing very early in bowl season i i, I have to you know look against ball state in this game i can only lean to the red wolves here joe agreed ball state made us a lot of money earlier this season 
I love Pete Limbo. I love Keith Wenning, the quarterback. I think it's a great football team. I'm betting against him here. This conference has stunk in bowl season. Northern Illinois got their tails kicked. Bowling Green got their tails kicked. Those were two of the elites. Ball State deserves to be right up on that tier, basically. You've got those three as the elite teams in the MAC, and then you move to the second tier. But after watching those two just get their, their faces kicked in in their respective bowl games, I, I remember looking at this one, and you and I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, based on what we've seen from that, it's tough have to look at Ball State and say you like them here. Arkansas State's a very live team. There's a lot of talent down there. This is one of those coaching gigs where you show up for one or two years and then you get the big job somewhere else. Yep. The coaches that funnel through here are guys on the fast track to major program success. Um, so this is a team that, you know, I, not only would I look to take them with the points, I'd look for them to win this game outright, and I'd play a little bit on the money line here as well. I think the sharper actions on Arkansas State, and not just because of the max utility, this line had already started moving against them before all this happened and then kind of picks up some steam once the other MAC team started losing. So for me, that's all I really need to see. I could get into trends and analysis, but for this one, I'm going to go with Arkansas State strictly on the fact that I haven't seen the quality production out of the MAC and bowl season. The other teams have had their number. Yeah, I'm sure some people will say that, you know, Arkansas State doesn't play in, in a very strong conference either, but you look at their schedule this year, they've played some tough teams. They've had Auburn and Missouri on the road on their schedule this year. They played in the same stadium they're playing in in early November as well and one more thing we talked about it I mentioned it in in the intro to this game but this is their third straight GoDaddy Bowl the GoDaddy Bowl is played right before the BCS championship every year there's a five-week layoff between these games that's a lot of that's a lot of time off and they're used to having this five-week layoff before this game something that Ball State is probably not used to so that could also be an advantage for Arkansas State in this game. Yeah, that's a good point, because a lot of these MAC teams, if you're not qualifying for a BCS Bowl, which I think happened once last year with Northern right. Illinois, yep. you're, uh, you're playing relatively early in bowl season. So you're turning around in two, two and a half weeks and getting ready for your game. This one's going to be in, you know, by bowl standards, late January yep. when they kick this thing off. And um, that is a situation that favors Arkansas State. So I agree with the line move. I agree with the Arkansas State play. I'm going to be on that. And in addition to it, I'm going to play Arkansas State on the money line. Um, I don't think it's that ridiculous to think they could win this game. Uh, Ball State, good football team. I think you're going to get a good effort from Keith Wenning. I just don't think it's going to be enough. The MAC was a fun conference to watch when they butt heads with one another. But once they go outside a conference, it looks like they've got a lot of problems with the rest of the country. All right, Joe, let's move on to Monday night, the game everyone is waiting for. Top-ranked Florida State taking on second-ranked Auburn uh, in Pasadena. This game being played at the Rose Bowl this year. Jimbo Fisher, uh, what can you say about the job he's done at FSU? Just his fourth season at the helm. Uh, Florida State back to national prominence. They're on their cusp of the third-ever national title in that program. Seminoles, they've crushed everybody this year. Um, en route to 13-0, they've looked like the real deal all season long. Auburn trying to keep the SEC stranglehold on the national championship alive. The conference has won the last seven titles. Auburn looks to make it eight. Uh, They did it a couple years ago against Oregon when Cam Newton was there as well. Uh, So they have some experience, although it's a much different team, obviously, at this point. Now, there wasn't a real consensus line when this came out. Some books opted for a seven and a half. I saw a nine and a half first get posted. It seems to have settled somewhere in between there now. We're seeing FSU laying eight and a half at most books right now. Some eights on the board as well. The total has gone up from 65 to 67 and a half. I hate not having an opinion on a big game. There's nothing that bothers me more, uh, especially when it's the final game of the season. But these look like pretty accurate lines to me. I have a very, very small lean to Auburn in this game just because I tend to like to take the underdogs in these situations. But I really don't know what to do with this game, Joe. 
Yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, what I did right when this number came out, everyone here in town, bookmakers, professional bettors, the guys on the radio, everyone said the same thing. Buy it now because the game's going to close over 10. And I looked at that and I go, you know what, that makes sense. People seem to love FSU. They've looked really good, et cetera, et cetera. By the time we get here, this could close 10 or higher. So I went down to the LVH and I grabbed seven and a half just so I had it in my pocket knowing I'd have value. And then I'd make a decision from there because I can always buy off it late. I can hope for a middle if the opportunity arises. Or if I end up loving Auburn, I can just go the other way for double the money. So that's what I was thinking. But that seven and a half is still there. There's eight and eight and a half everywhere else. I don't know if this thing's going to get through 10 because I think people have fallen in love with Auburn. I, I, after what they saw in that game against Missouri, they, they love Gus yep. Malzahn. He's a terrific head coach. This, this football team is red hot. They seem like one of those teams of destiny, and you're going to have people that are going to play them because they're from the SEC. My biggest problem with backing them is this. Their strength is certainly not defense. They have a terrible defense. Yeah. Jameis Winston is going to put points up against them. But when you look at their offense, they run that option, that triple option. They kill opponents with that. The problem is you give an opponent with it's a very fast, very athletic defense one month, to get, yep. one month to get prepared for an offense that people can't get ready for in one week, that could be a big problem. Auburn doesn't throw the ball all that much. They love to run. Everyone, including the quarterbacks involved in the running game, but Florida State is really fast athletic and athletic on defense. And if those guys spend a month learning their assignments, staying disciplined, doing what they're supposed to do with gap contain and edge contain against the option, they could give Auburn fits. So I look at that, and then I say to myself, I really want to play Florida State because of that. But then I realize Gus Malzahn is no idiot. He's a hell of a head coach. Exactly. He's going to know this is what Florida State's thinking. So he's going to have some wrinkles designed for this game. So bottom line, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I've got that 7.5 in my pocket. I'm hoping to come back the other way if it gets through 10. But I don't really have an opinion here. I think this game could go either way. I think if you're going to play Auburn, hell, why not play them on the money line here? I, the, spread will, the spread could come into play, sure. But if you like them to play the points, play them on the money line as well. I don't see what's so unrealistic about them coming out and winning this football game. Also, it's hard to gauge just how good FSU is based on their regular season. Obviously, they're beating up on the ACC, but again, it's hard to gauge that and put them into context against an SEC opponent. And then, you know, you look at Auburn, and to me, there was two teams this year that really got better and better every game. As the year went on, they got better. Auburn was one of them, and to me, Michigan State was the other one. I thought Michigan yeah. State, as the year wore on, they got better and better. And Michigan State went into their bowl game against Stanford, and they were the big underdog, you know, seven points, six and a half points, depending on where you bet it. And they win that game outright when everyone counted them out. And I don't necessarily think everyone's counting Auburn out. I have picked, you know, heard a lot of people pick Auburn to win this game outright. That's fine. But I feel like it's the same type of scenario. Auburn just keeps improving week in and week out you just look for them to get blown out you know I, I made the mistake of picking against them in the SEC championship I took Missouri in that game I was with you and and, and it, it was a big mistake Auburn seems to be the real deal and Melzahn has been a great coach and this isn't a guy that's any stranger to these types of games he was the OC when they won the national championship with Cam Newton a few years ago as well so he's been part of this team for a while I just look at it I think it's a little too many points I still think FSU is a big unknown Joe 
Yeah, you know what? I like that point because here's the thing. We both lost on that Missouri game. That's fine. That'll happen. It's not the end of the world. But you look at that game. The spot was awful for Auburn. You're coming off that huge emotional win against Alabama, which is in that state, it's bigger than winning the Super Bowl or winning the national title. That is huge. And it's, it could have been such a flat spot for them. And it wasn't. They still looked outstanding. Granted, that defense has got problems, but that defense has had problems all year. That's nothing new. That offense still found a way to get it done. So for me, that's a lot about Malzahn. There are a lot of coaches who fall flat on their face in those spots, and he didn't do it. So, very tough. I, you know, I remember I thought initially this line would come out somewhere around Florida State minus four, and then I saw the sevens, the eights, and the nines, and I was kind of shocked. Um, I, I, then again, I, I went back to the whole, well, a month to get ready for the option, but then you flip-flop and you say, well, it's Gus Malzahn. He's going to figure something out. So, for me, it's, uh, it's tough. This might be one of those games where if you think these teams are so evenly matched, hell, take the points. What do you have to lose? I did the same thing in the Super Bowl last year. Everyone wanted to know, who do you like, San Francisco or Baltimore? I said, bottom line, I think these teams are so even, I just want points. And if you're going to give me four with Baltimore, I'll take it. The last point I'll make and the last factor that has me leaning to the Tigers is that we talk about them. They have a good offense. They've been consistent offensively for the majority of the year. Even if they're losing this game, they have backdoor cover potential. That's one thing. I like to take offenses that are getting points because, you know what, they could be trailing by 10 points or 14 points for the majority of the game, but they can still work their way down the field and score a touchdown uh, to cover that spread backdoor style. So that's the last factor. I don't love the game at all. I'll probably put a small play on it just because it's the national championship game, but that's the last factor that has me leaning towards Auburn, Joe. That, that goes without saying. Obviously, we have to bet it. The question yeah. is, which side do we bet? We don't have to be in love with it, but it's a national title game. So maybe we'll find some props that we'll tweet right. out on Monday, right. and hopefully we'll get some information out there where we can find a real good angle. But for right now, sit back and enjoy. If you think it's an even game and you don't know what to do, hell, side with the dog. Or take the dog for a little bit on the money line. Little risk, big reward. For all the listeners out there, you can head over to nationalfootballpost.com on Monday. Uh, Joe will be posting an article on the game, uh, on the BCS National Championship game. Also, you can follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Fortenbaugh and myself at Rob Pizzola. Uh, Doesn't have to be about the BCS Championship. You can ask us about any game, NFL, college, whatever you want to talk about, we're there and we respond as well. Joe, as always, a pleasure breaking it down. This is it for college season, but uh, I do look forward to breaking down the rest of the NFL playoffs en route to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, good to talk to you f- for the majority of the college year, and let- let's get some winners this week, and let's win in the NFL as well. Yeah, this podcast has been a blast. I'm glad we still have some time left to talk about the NFL, but for everyone out there, thanks for listening. Hopefully we all, we all made some money together this season, and uh, we'll keep it cooking. We're- you keep listening, we'll keep talking. That's Joe Fornbob, the National Football Post. Always a pleasure, Joe. You got it, Rob. My pleasure as well. All right, quickly to recap, we have the Cotton Bowl, Oklahoma State and Missouri. I'm leaning to Oklahoma State in that game. Uh, I will be playing it personally. Joe is not playing that game. Orange Bowl, Ohio State, Clemson, that's a complete pass for us. We have the Compass Bowl with Vanderbilt and Houston. We both like Houston uh, getting three points in that game. I think the wrong team's favorite. I'll be playing the Cougars on the money line as well. The GoDaddy Bowl, Arkansas State and Ball State, we're taking the points with Arkansas State. Also worth a money line play in that game based on the way the MAC has played so far this season. And finally, the BCS Championship. Uh, leaning to Auburn in that game, it's a tough one. Again, you can check nationalfootballpost.com on Monday. Joel will have an article up there. I personally will probably be playing Auburn. I will post to my Twitter if I do decide to change my mind, but I don't see that happening. This has been a special bowl game edition of the High Roller Tide podcast. Thanks for listening, and good luck with your plays this week. 
For even more of the best picks in football this week, be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Rob Pizzola and at Joe Fortenbaugh. Mm-hmm.